How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes, how we doing? And welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob, and you know it. You know how I'm feeling, excited, enthusiastic, filled with joy, and it is a beautiful sunny day. From where I'm podcasting from. And let me just say, I believe every day is a good day. Whether it's raining, hot, cold, snow, any day above ground is a good day as far as I am concerned. And here we are bringing you yet another special podcast. And today we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, wealth, but not in that regard. It's just that it's it's in line with that subject because if you watch the news, if you talk to your friends, if you're on the Internet, you will see that gun violence is rampant, prolific, and it's everywhere. I mean, basically, we're just shooting one another for petty, minor, minuscule disputes. I mean, come on. And so I said that to say that we need to pay more attention to our emotions. And that's what this podcast is about today. The topic for the podcast today is heal before you have children so your children don't have to heal from you. Now, that sounds like something that Dr. Rob would say, but actually I I saw that on the Internet, and it was taken from a young lady by the name of Candace Parker. And when I saw that, heal before you have children so your children don't have to heal from you. Well, I just thought that was deep. I thought that was ocean deep because I have my oldest daughter is still healing from the damage that her mother did to her. So I can relate to that firsthand. And so with that said, let me just begin by saying that the average adult in our society spends the second 40 to 50 years of their lives getting over the first five years of their lives. Now, when I say the second 50, it doesn't sound like, you know, this person is 
is over 50. What I'm really saying is after the first five years of our lives, the the average adult in our society spends 40 to 50 years getting over the issues that they may have experienced in the first five uh, years of their lives. And so we are marked for life by the quality of the interaction that takes place between us and our parents during our formative years. And these experiences with our family are perhaps the most lasting and enduring relationships that take place because at that time, if those experiences are consistently good or consistently bad, then either way, they will leave an indelible impression on you, even even from your youngest, the youngest ages of your childhood. These life experiences have somewhat of a metamorphosis effect on our lives in that what happens to us from infancy travels with us in many cases right up through adulthood. And these experiences can have impacts on our personal issues, our level of trust, our feelings of security, and so on. You may have heard me say this before many times, and I cannot stress it enough because this is real. Our emotions, our early life experiences, and the impact that they have on our lives. And so let me explain to you how this works. First of all, there are many evidence-based theories, meaning scientific research that has been done by those who who have come out of the Freudian, Sigmund Freud, those who have come out of the Sigmund Freudian camp of psychodynamics and and did some the, the work and the research regarding understandings of our early life development and human behavior. So with that said, there are two theories that speak directly to this notion that our adult dysfunction stems from our childhood experiences. And two of these theories that speak directly to this notion is, one, the attachment theory, and two, a theory known as object relations, which basically means object relations, object relations, excuse me, simply means that from infancy, the relationship you have with that human object, whether it be your mother, your father, your grandmother, your adopted parents, foster care parents, so on and so forth. And so uh, the attachment theory and the object relation theory are similar in some of their concepts, and they are also there are also some differences. However, they both speak to the idea 
that we as humans are affected either positively or negatively by our primary caregivers. And what is key here is that there is a lot of credence, you know, evidence, credibility to these theories. And if we pay just a little attention to them, it would give us a better understanding as to why we feel the way we feel about life, why we feel the way we feel about ourselves, you know, in terms of feeling good or not feeling so good, and your success in your intimate partner relationships. So to help with that, I will discuss, you know, a point or two from the attachment theory and the ramifications of what is called good attachment and or bad attachment and the effect that both can have on our lives, which is what causes us to spend the next 40 or 50 years after the first five years of our lives reconciling with what we may have experienced as a child. Now, I know that was a lot, and hopefully you're staying with me. Because this is good stuff and we need to be aware of it so we know how to deal with it. Okay? So let's talk about the attachment theory and how it works, whether there is what is good attachment and what is poor, considered poor attachment. So the central theme of the attachment theory is that the primary caregivers, normally that would be our mothers. In some cases, it's our grandmothers. And let's not forget the fathers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles, all, all foster parents or those parents who adopted, may have adopted you. That, But there's always that one primary person, that primary caregiver who may be the focal point of your needs when when your diaper is was wet when you when you when you're hungry when you wake up in the middle of the night crying there you know in, in most cases there's that one person usually the mother who is responsive to an infant's needs on a consistent basis and if if your primary caregiver is responsive to your needs as an infant in terms of, as I said, changing your diaper when you're crying and somebody, someone is there to pick you up when you're hungry, when you bathe, you're going to the, to Walmart, to Target or Target, as they say, that person who is there on a consistent basis will allow the child to develop a better sense of security. And the in, in in the case of good attachment, the infant learns that the caregiver, usually the mother, is dependable, which creates a secure base for the child to explore the world in a more secure, positive frame of mind. 
Now, to the contrary, and what would be considered poor attachment from your primary caregiver, hey, you know what? Before we do that, I'm going to step aside and let a promo in, and we'll pick up the discussion regarding poor attachment on the other side of the break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you. And back to the show. All right. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. And of course, please check out my books. You can check out my books at my website, www.relationshipreadiness.org. You can check those books out at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com. And of course, my books, The Choices We Make, Access Denied, and Light Up Your Night Life. Excuse me. Talk about these this very same topic. Okay, so as I was saying, now to the contrary, and what would be considered poor attachment that would come from your primary caregiver, and some of the ramifications of poor attachment. Let's talk about poor attachment from our primary caregiver, which is normally our mother, but as I said earlier, it could be our fathers, adopted mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, uncle, that person that plays a primary role in in your care from infancy up until the time, I guess when you're moving around, crawling, walking, and talking, and heading for the first grade. Those years and beyond, are really the years when these impressions of feeling good or not feeling so good are developed. And so let's continue on our discussion when we're talking about poor attachment to the primary caregiver. Now, that could be for many reasons, domestic violence, drug abuse, Alcohol abuse, perhaps you may have been, uh, or your mother may have been a teen mom, a teenager who, you know, 
at that young age was just too young to understand the importance of the emotional connection with her newborn baby. And so there, there are many reasons that could, that contribute to poor attachment, but poor attachment, the, the ramifications of that are individuals who grow up in scenarios that result from poor attachment tend to display poor socio, poor socio emotional effects such as poor social skills, uh, lacking the ability, you know, poor coping skills and issues or difficulties solving problems, displaying temper tantrums or maybe very clingy to their mates because they did they did not get those hugs and kisses and things like that as children. So when a person is showing signs of clinginess as an adult, that usually is a clear sign that those type of things were not experienced in their childhood development. And so now as teenagers, young adults, or even older adults, they're, seek, they're seeking that of which they miss, the hug, the, you know, the consistent attention. Or poor attachment can lead to, you know, withdrawal-like behaviors, not getting involved, as I said, not being very social. Or you can get the opposite and get aggressive behaviors, perhaps even behaviors related to domestic violence. And listen to this, because this is what the topic really is. This is what the topic, you know, is really is about. The negative effects from poor attachment, they impact the child throughout their developmental years and beyond. Because remember, that's the topic of the show. Heal before you have children so your children don't have to heal from you. So, as I just said, the negative effects from poor attachment impacts you throughout your developmental years and beyond. And that could include your, you know, negatively affecting one's ability to express themselves, express their emotions. And when we don't express our emotions, then we usually kick things, throw things, or, or kick people or throw people. You know, that's, that's real. So expressing your emotions or not expressing your emotions is a consequence of poor attachment. The developing or the development of trust and feeling secure within yourself and in your relationships. And it can affect your ability to build meaningful relationships as an adult, you know, later on in life. So as you can see, hopefully you can see that this is a very serious thing. Poor attachment is a thing, and good attachment, it's a real thing. And it does not make you a bad person if you have grown up in a 
environment where you've experienced poor attachment from your primary caregiver. But it can make you experience many personal issues with yourself that lead to your own unhappiness or experience dysfunctional relationships. You may experience a host of dysfunctional relationships, not only with your girlfriend or boyfriend, but even with, with your friends, with, with, you know, members of your crew or, or your main girls. You know, this, this type of behavior related to poor attachment spills over into poor relationships at work. Have you ever had that mean, unhappy boss that yells and screams instead of solving problems? They yell and scream or maybe quick to terminate employees or blame others. Those type of behaviors are all connected to things like poor attachment. So if this is you in terms of healing before you have children so your children do not have to heal from you, The description stated above regarding poor attachment. And so you know who you are. Okay, I'm not passing or pointing fingers and blaming anyone. But what I'm saying is you know who you are. And if this is you, then you can do something about it. And that really is key, is that you can do something about it. And so I just wanted to share with you a few pointers. But before I do that, I need to let another promo in. And we'll pick up our discussion on the other side of the break. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services. The place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. All right. Thank you very much. And so, as I was saying before we let the promo in, if some of these tendencies that I have described here sound like something that seems familiar to you, the point is here is that you're not a bad person. Or if somebody you know that behaves like this is not a bad person because you can do something about your situation you can do something about it and you know some people say well you know i'm not in the therapy i don't feel like talking about what what i'm going through now that's not good because it's always good to talk it talking is always good so 
before seeking professional help, perhaps I can provide you with some suggestions where you can perhaps start to take a look at different ways to deal with your feelings of low self-esteem, not feeling good about yourself, not trusting others, not having a good sense of security. Perhaps you can assess your past, look at your past experiences, and you may not remember as far back as your attachment days in terms of whether or not your mother or your primary care take a picked you up every time you cried or your pamper was wet. But the idea is there are some experiences that you may be able to reflect on where you could understand that may be, you know, a contributing factor to, to, to the way you feel today. So take a look at your past, assess your past with family members and your past experiences and see what may have caused you to lack trust and feel less secure in within yourself or with others. And let go of bad experiences. Forgive those who have trespassed against you. Most importantly, Most importantly, excuse me, learn to love yourself. Improve your self-esteem. You can Google all of these things to learn how to develop what I would call a service plan, you know, to address your, say, your emotional deficits, if you will. And please note that none of these suggestions cost any money. It just requires you to do a self-assessment. And most of all, it would require you to acknowledge that you have some issues. Because, you see, we all have issues. And it's important to acknowledge that you have issues because if you acknowledge that you have some issues, then you can resolve your issues. So learn to focus in on those issues for reconciliation, resolution, and perhaps even forgiveness. Sometimes we even have to forgive ourselves for the foolish decisions, our foolish choices that we made to be with that guy or to be with that girl or to spend time or to loan money to that unreliable mother. Shut your mouth. Yeah, we have to forgive ourselves too. I mean, how long you going to be mad for something or about something that happened 15 to 20 years ago? Now, I understand what whatever may have happened to you may have been terrible. No question about it. And I'm certainly not being insensitive to that. All I'm just trying to point out is that that is what happened a long time ago. And it is imperative to find out how to get over, around it, under it, or just fight through it. Because as I said, I understand that whatever may have happened to you may have been terrible. But as my wife always says, as a child, your issues are not your fault. 
But as an adult, it is your responsibility to address your issues to become a better you. And so we see what's going on out there in the world. We're at the point where no place is safe. The mall, the bars, the clubs, the restaurants. I mean, people are just shooting any and everywhere with no regard for age, race, religion. I mean, nobody is safe. And so it's time for us to heal ourselves or heal you before you have children so your children don't have to heal from you. I mean, the gun violence is rampant. It's at epic and epidemic proportions. We all need to get better, and it starts with you. It starts with me. So you get better so your children don't have to suffer because you did not get better for you based on what your parents may have done to you. And so on that note, I want to thank you once again, my friend, for tuning in, for riding with me, running with me, walking with me, spending time with me. I've enjoyed myself immensely, and hopefully you've enjoyed yourself as well. And so in the words... Of the one and only Bugs Bunny. That's all, folks. Until the next time we meet, remember, love is an action, not a word. And it's not supposed to hurt. I'll talk to you later. Peace. As we wrap up this show... I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.